1: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
2: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast.
1: The kettle's boiled, Vic.
2: Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started then? Have you ever woken up on a sunday morning and said i'm never drinking again and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour
1: are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one while you head to a dodgy after party with a weird bloke called disco dave if so it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch alcohol
2: On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy.
1: Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health.
2: you ever been arrested Hamish? I've never been arrested. Gosh that's quite incredible well done that's what are you 31? 32. 32 now yeah. when was your birthday then? December. Oh yeah 32. You didn't so thought, forget did you? Oh, mate I must have done. <laughs> Why do you bring that up? Did you well, nearly get
1: arrested in Italy?
2: Well, I did, actually. The The car hire people thought that we'd stolen the car. They left it outside our accommodation with the keys in and the guy wasn't there, so me and Kate drove it off. We didn't really think anything of it. And then we had someone suddenly appear in the middle of the road as we were leaving this town and so bang on the on the what? bonnet and was like, Get in there, police are coming. And we were crying with laughter because we knew we hadn't done anything yeah, wrong. Yeah. Right. And we were laughing and we were going, Eh, hey, mamma mia We turned Italian and we it's cozy. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. I thought we were gonna get arrested in Italy and we were so up for it. <laughs> We but just wanted to be arrested. They parked it outside your house. They parked it outside the accommodation we were in and left the keys in They delivered your it. rental car. They delivered, yeah. They ha- because it's um, amazing. No, there's no parking there. People arrive on scooters. It's all very okay, Italian, yeah, yeah. and they pick up your car and you give them the keys and they go and okay, park it off somewhere and bring nice. it back. Yeah, it was like a very posh way of doing things, but it's actually how they do things over there. What
1: about an Italian prison? Were you up for?
2: Yeah, I, I was just up
1: for all of it. Just doing push-ups. Yeah, and, and, and fit like-
2: Italian guards. Yeah, that would be it,
1: wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> throwing a ball at the wall like we just great thought escape. it'd be funny yeah
2: it's just because we did because we we're the most uncriminal people that they could have possibly preyed on that day <laughs> and we were just laughing in the car and it was funny how they realized that it was our high car and they were like oh no problemo <laughs> they went from being really really angry and calling the police to yeah. them being like no problemo victoria goodbye yeah the funny.
1: closest i ever got to being arrested was in harrods
2: Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, of
1: course. That's where I usually hang That's out. That's
2: where, yeah. So I hung out outside the chip shop <laughs> and you hung outside har- Harrods as a kid. Well, the reason I would hang
1: out in Harrods, it looked like there was a box of, like, help yourself free pens. Uh, we helped to sell free pens. We carried on playing in the toy section for a couple of hours. And then this under undercover security guard right. came and got us, took us down into the basement of Harrods. Oh, God. Showed us the CCTV was footage. Was there skeletons hung up on the yeah. wall? And then he showed us the CCTV footage CCTV oh, so, 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 footage of us sealing them. Oh, yes. And then he said, Right, write down your home addresses. So oh, we, God, wrote down, how scary. we wrote down fake ones. He yeah. said, I'm going to write you an official letter banning you from Harrods and send it to your parents. Wow. So you're banned from Harrods? Technically, or whatever address that I gave, yeah.
2: Well, my brother used to live with a girl who worked at Harrods and she was really smug about him. She said, Oh, yes, I work at Harrods. And then he said, Oh, my flatmate works in a shop. <laughs> it's <laughs> really put her in a place what was her job I don't know I think she was a shelf
1: stacker uh, or something oh I work at Harrods no love you work in a shop I'll <laughs> deal with it my mum used to work in Harrods and when like she got interviewed I think she said I'll do any job here but I don't want to be in the shoe section I don't want to be touching people's feet straight into the shoe section it's right. the only
2: job she had straight in there's a joke in there somewhere something about soul they don't have any soul oh yeah there's perhaps a, there's, yeah, yeah work I'm that. scraping the barrel there yeah so you're going to ask me a question now,
1: Hamish? Am I? Yeah. What have arrests got to do with today's episode, David? Today,
2: well, you would never have FOMO about being arrested, would you? I know I did a bit in, in Italy, but that was just <laughs> because I knew I was innocent. Yeah. But you'd never want to. You'd feel like you were missing out if no. you weren't getting arrested. No way. So, as humans, we only ever get FOMO over a good thing, right? For sure. Yeah. So for me, boozing never went well, but I still wanted to do it and feared out on missing out on the fun that came along with it. Ah. It doesn't make sense. So my question today is, why do we get FOMO about alcohol? I
1: see what you've done here, Vic.
2: Do you see? Can you see how it's working? You've conned me. I've conned you. I've conned you into thinking about the reasons we get FOMO because I'm not sure that it's real. Well played. Thanks. So sometimes on Sober Awkward, we focus on the things that can go wrong when you drink, like injuries and promiscuity and addiction and mental health problems. We also blather on about what to watch out for in sobriety, how to get help
1: and why being authentic is good for you. Yeah, we talk about that one too much, to be honest. I hate being authentic all the time. From today, I'm entering my fake era. You're going to hear nothing but lies from me today. I'm going to get eyelash extensions. I'm going to get a butt lift. I'm going to basically fake it till I make it. Let me start by saying how lovely that T-shirt of yours is.
2: Oh, so you'll fake it's, it. Actually, it is, I'm
1: wearing a Care Bear T-shirt. I wrote that line this morning. I thought it'd be funny if she was actually wearing an interesting T-shirt. I got it. I was like, yeah, Care Bear T-shirt. Sort of tie-dye with a huge teddy bear with a heart on his tummy on it.
2: I thought it was quite (laughs) 80s, that's why I bought it. Actually, Hamish, I don't think it would ever work. You're far too friendly to be fake. (laughs) Although some hair extensions or a butt lift would look quite pretty on you. (laughs) Anyway, last week we had a chat about cravings. And that is one of the reasons people go back to drinking. They just have a moment and think, well, I'm sure one won't hurt. And before they know it, that cheeky
1: moderation pixie has bitten you on the nose and you're down the offie buying some cans. Yeah, I think that's one of the things about booze. Getting off it is easy, but getting back on it is much easier. No expensive therapists and weeks of self-work to get on the booze, eh, Avic. That's so true. That's
2: the problem. Drinking is actually the easier route for lots of people. Well, that's where you convince yourself. Everyone does it, so why can't I? And you dip your toe back in again because of what, Hamish? A fungal infection. No. Athlete's foot. No. What I mean
1: is you start drinking again and continue drinking because of FOMO. Ah, FOMO. The old fear of missing out. Yep. The definition of FOMO... Is anxiety that an exciting or interesting event may currently be happening elsewhere, often aroused by posts seen on social media? Or the fear of not being included in something, such as an interesting or enjoyable activity, that others are experiencing? So as we know
2: from our Primal Needs episode, FOMO taps into one of those necessities, rejection from the pack or the need to be loved. So it's not so flippant. It's fear of rejection. It's
1: a great topic, Vic, and one that we've never really focused on before. I guess it's why we drink and why we don't want to quit. And it's also why we consider starting up again after a period of abstinence. It is huge
2: yeah let's start hey by having a chat about when we were drinkers were there times when your mates went out without you and you couldn't go
1: how did it feel okay so uni i just always went out yes i was never experiencing the fomo i could come up with an excuse i didn't take a lot of convincing i never missed out so i Hmm. never experienced fomo then things changed a little bit for me when i moved back to london from paris yeah two reasons one i all of the jobs that I've had have always been poorly paid, so I can't afford to go out too much. Yeah. Secondly, all of my jobs were early morning jobs. So cafe work, tutoring, children's parties, those are all like 5am on a Saturday or 9am on a Saturday or whatever. So I could rarely go out on a Friday night. That actually, I think, might have been good practice for mm. going sober. Mm. Like experiencing the not going out over and over again and getting acclimatised to that, helps when you eventually do go sober.
2: Yeah, I think when I, I experienced the same thing the only time I didn't go out was because I didn't have any money. Yep. Like there was no reason for me to not go out. So when I was skint, it wasn't possible, and that's when I really experienced FOMO. And often, like mm. you, I wasn't wearing, earning a great wage, and I sometimes had mates that were kind of you know, high flyers and yeah. had careers when they were in their, their early 20s when I was just kind of just bumming around. Yeah. So often people would go out and go out well because they had money, and then I'd be sort of tagging along because I didn't want to miss mm. out, but then just stealing pints all night. Sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when I started thinking about this episode, I realised that actually – I wouldn't get FOMO from nights out. Mm. I would get FOMO from bigger things like a group holiday that I couldn't go on or a music festival that everyone was going on or more recently weddings. Like, since moving out here, I've missed almost every wedding that I that I said I wouldn't miss. Yep. And I hate missing weddings. They still sting. I don't mind missing stag do's.
2: Yep. Oh yes, because you're not a fan of the old stag do, are you? I don't yeah.
1: mind that. But I actually think that moving to Australia has been quite a good way to reconfigure my own brain with regards to FOMO you talked about social media our life in Australia looks extraordinary I I remember when I first moved here and I was posting quite often my friends like what is your life yeah you know it was January when I moved here so it was shit and miserable in England and I was on beaches and partying and seeing a lot of Australia people thought my life was the best thing ever And I think when you are the one that has the social media that looks really, really good, it's quite a good way to realise, I know that my life isn't amazing every day. Mm. So, you know, the idea of being jealous of someone because I've seen something on social media and feeling like I'm missing out is bullshit. You can sort of see behind the curtain when you're the social media that looks good quite a lot of the time.
2: I think social media is pretty much based on FOMO, isn't it? Yeah. So you're always going to be striving because, you know, there's kids that see that think it's normal to mm. go on holidays all the time and have these amazing clothes and have perfect
1: teeth and perfect yeah. skin and all of these things. It's really toxic. Well, I was telling you my new trick on social media now is I only log on to post. Yeah. So I'm never scrolling. Yeah. I'm literally going on post, turn it off. Okay, good. And then you can. There's a way you can sort of see how much you're using Instagram on average a day. Yeah. And mine's just falling through the floor.
2: Yeah. It's so good because I do think it's that same as the keeping up with the Joneses in the yuppie era. Yeah. You're trying to be something, trying to strive for something Mm. that is all probably impossible to reach. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to have that Brazilian butt amish. No. No.
1: Unless you get the same operation, I'm going to get. Yeah. Maybe we'll get two for one this afternoon. Yeah.
2: It will go to Turkey.
1: (laughs) What about you? Did you have FOMO as a drinker?
2: Not very often, because like you, I always went. My fear of missing out was so massive that I could not turn down an invite in general. The only times I did miss out on an epic night still haunt me Mm -hmm. because I just was so traumatised by missing out. The main one was I got really drunk one night and I fell asleep and my mates had tried to wake me up and I didn't wake up and I actually slept all day. And I woke up and they had gone out for a day dressed up as Scousers from The Fast Show, which is the curly wig and the shell okay. suit. And you say, hey, calm down, calm down. It's probably mm. a bit um, xenophobic, but it was a character in a, a Paul Whitehouse series that was on in the early 90s. And they went to a Conservative Party conference.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Because <That laughs> they used fantastic. to be on Brighton
2: Seafront. And all my mates dressed up and went going around to everyone who was doing speeches. Calm
1: down, mate, calm down. So you missed out on the day out because you had a night out. Yeah. Usually you miss out on the night out because you just can't go No on the night I had out.
2: a night out and then I was so hungover that I they wouldn't wake me up and I missed out on like okay. this hilarious day out and I was too hungover for a Sunday bender. I couldn't cope, which was very, very rare. And I still remember it. It's yeah. like, I cannot believe you all go on about that story and how <laughs> funny it was, and I missed out. The other one was my hen when I was pregnant. Mm. I felt like everyone else was drinking and everyone else was having a good time, and I felt like I was missing out that night. And also, it's quite hard to dress up as the human caterpillar when you're 100% sober in Covent Garden Square.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So they were all drunk, dressed up as this weird film character and i was sober doing it so i sort of felt like i needed a drink to be (laughs) able to cope with the whole situation so that was the other time but generally even if i had flu my fomo was so severe that i couldn't bear the thought of all my mates being out without me so i always
1: went even when i was ill i was like drink through it that's what i was going to say what would it take for you to miss a night out so not being woken up because you're too hungover or drunk yeah The the flu wasn't enough. If
2: they had actually woken me up, I wouldn't wake up. They'd tried to wake me up and I was like completely asleep even if i was really hungover i still would have gone so
1: as long as you're conscious you're going
2: yes okay yeah. basically yeah. yeah
1: well let's have a look at those feelings and what what exactly did we think we were missing out on by not going these nights out
2: yeah so we're really getting into this today guys because actually we're going to change your mind about fomo because yes. i really had to have a think about this episode to wonder why like what were we missing out on really i've never
1: I- thought about it A level beyond. I've always thought, yes, I've experienced FOMO. I've never thought, what is FOMO?
2: What is FOMO? Yeah, Yeah, because actually it's quite deep. I thought I was missing out on, like that night, I thought I was missing out on that funny story when they all dressed up. I thought I was missing out on bonding, on (laughs) laughing, on future stories about that night about creating my own stories because I thought that's what made people like me. So if I'd not gone out and mm-hmm. then went to the pub the next day, what did I have to talk about? <laughs> Maybe no one was going to like me anymore. Yeah. One night stands, like, if I didn't go out, I wasn't going to have a one night stand. Therefore, I didn't have a story at the pub the next day. Yeah. I thought about my reputation being tarnished because I was the party animal. So I, I was scared of being labelled boring. There's a lot, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, Camaraderie, missing out on friendships... I was scared of missing out on a lock-in, free shots, a good DJ, free coke, everything. Yeah. I was scared of missing out on everything. What about you?
1: I think a lot of those I felt in the early stages of forming a group of friends. Yeah. So, you know, the early stages of uni or school or moving somewhere new, that idea of, the like, I want to build a reputation with, with these friends... Definitely that fear of like, they're going to have this hugely bonding night and everyone's going to ratchet up their friendships and I'm not going to be part of it. Yes. Stories. Both of us are clearly collector of stories and like not having a potentially great story to tell always stings.
2: It's that, but it's also the thought of somebody else having a better story than you. Oh, I'm not that. No, mine wasn't a jealousy thing. Oh, mine was like, oh, so they now have got this story and I haven't got it. And I feel like part of me has been
1: carved out. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I totally agree. I, I kind of feel like, and I think I'll get into this later, but the nights that you think that you missed out on, yeah, the, the way that you played it out in your brain, is so rarely the way it actually played. You know, how <laughs> many nights out are actually exactly still talking about 10 years later? Yes, it's the Very fantasy. Few. We're going to get into that. So what were we actually missing out on, Vic?
2: Let's look deeply at this one and be totally honest about it what were we really missing out on, Hamish? I think all I missed out on was being sick on myself. You know, what is the reality of that night? Mm -hmm. Yeah, If everyone else had dressed up as scousers and gone to a Conservative Party conference, would I have been there with them? No, I would have probably been down the pub already or in a blackout or... That situation wouldn't have happened like I imagined it. Mm -hmm. The FOMO wasn't real. So, you know, there would have probably been an injury. There wouldn't have been any bonding with my friends because we were all too wasted. I would have had a hangover. I probably would have risked my body. There would have been lots of non-genuine laughing. All of the opposite to
1: what I thought I was gaining from a night out home. What about you? So I'm going to present a slightly different side of the argument. I would say that I was missing out on the part of the night that's fun before it's not okay yeah so all nights out start off exciting and you're at someone you know you've got that like buzzy like feeling the buzz yeah. and, the, and the anticipation and where's the night going to take us that's all the good bit which if you don't go you do miss out on for okay, sure yeah obviously that is only usually a small percentage 15 minutes. of the overall yeah. night out i also feel as if i was missing out on the hangover in that like we're all hungover together yes you know if you live in university halls for example or you live in, in, a, in a house share that idea of well, everyone coming down for breakfast or the day after a wedding and you're like oh we all what are we all like and we yeah. all feel shit together and you're all in that same weird sense of humor and you're all eating crisps and drinking coke at yeah. 7 30 in the morning like that again if you don't go you do miss out on it's not necessarily a good thing to miss out no. on It's like a, you, you all fit short together. Oh, I wish at I was the also finished. But at the
2: time, it's important times, isn't it? Yeah. Because you're probably a bit self-aware because you're younger, you're at uni. Like the times that I'm talking about are my Brighton days in my early 20s. So those were important. Friendships were very, very important now. Yeah. And I guess as we're older, our friendships come and go and we're a bit more grown up about mm-hmm. them. We have boundaries and all of these other things. And I think at that age, our friendships are so important that we have a real fear of letting anybody down.
1: Yeah. And then I thought, like I said earlier, how many of the nights out that you've gone out on or missed out on are genuinely memorable, unique, fantastic nights out? You yeah. just mentioned one like that that day out, yeah, that sounds genuinely fantastic, yeah, but that was how many years ago? yeah, it
2: was twenty five
1: years ago, okay, so ten thousand nights out worth that, that weren't <laughs> yeah. memorable, yeah, so you know, I was thinking this morning I was like, how many nights out were actually fantastic if I'd not been there, I'd have been upset I've got four four five stories here yeah that were like really really good and if i'd not been i would have been sad i've missed it but four five nights out in 15 years of going out
2: yeah and also it's just a memory it's not like we're gonna hold the joy of that
1: night in our bodies for the eternity is it it's like oh that was a good night out so i'll give you a quick summary of those memorable nights out yeah Uh, on my birthday night out i have a sort of love relation i wouldn't say love hate just love relationship with danny dyer I yes. think he is the funniest human being. Yes, he doesn't mean to be necessarily, or maybe he does, and he's a genius. Yeah. Whatever. Danny Dyer is clearly someone you want to meet. Agreed. I met him on my birthday. Oh, that's a good one. On a night out in London, oh, I walked I fucking in. Hell, Amy. Danny, I was like, "Can I get a photo?" He was like, yeah, I can, mate. And he was there with a like, Oh, fucking Danny Dyer, mate!
2: I love it. So,
1: photo me and my brother and Danny Dyer on my birthday. You, see, you would have
2: had FOMO if you'd hear, if you had heard yes. that that had
1: happened. Danny Dyer, you'd was be like, there. "What the
2: hell? i missed out on yes. you meeting Danny Dyer." And, you know,
1: I had a eight. Second conversation with him, I got a photo. But that, I would have been upset not to have been there. Um, and then I also had this night when I was in Corfu. Yeah. And I went to this nightclub and I kissed a girl that night, which doesn't happen often. Well done. And so we met this group of Russian kids yeah. who were like, do you want to come back to our yacht? Yeah. So we went back to this yacht and we were just drinking champagne and watching the sunrise yeah. on a yacht with a load of Russians. That girl then said, hey, we should meet up when we get back to London. I was like, fantastic. I kissed her last time I saw her. She yeah. goes, come over to come over to my house. <laughs> Even better. She made dinner. Yeah. Then she put on uh, the film was Atonement, right. which is one very long, Dairy two pressing. very dull. Yeah, got quite late. She goes, you might as well stay here. I was like, this is I'm in. <laughs> this is a absolute jackpot. Go upstairs, lean in. She goes, nah, let's not overcomplicate things. You can see my brother's room. Oh, <laughs> I stepped in her brother's room, lit myself out in the morning. Oh, good honour. That was no game, home. Yeah, no game, game no game, home at his <laughs> best. Oh dear! Oh, yeah, well. now,
2: I was trying to think of some more nights. I think there's many nights where things happened where I thought, "Oh God, I'm so glad I made the effort to come out." Yeah. But then, of course, I agree with you. They were early on in the night because usually mm. people would say, "Do you remember that? That was the funniest thing I'd ever seen," and I'd be like, "No, I don't yeah. remember that happening." Yeah. yeah. So that was halfway through the night. I was already in a blackout. Everybody else was still having memorable nights out, mm. but I wasn't experiencing any of it anyway. Yeah. So it was a fallacy, in fact. Absolutely. So I could have not gone. Mm -hmm. It didn't make any difference. Why didn't we question our FOMO before, Hamish? That's the question, isn't it? Fear of what? Missing out on a sloppy shag and a broken front tooth, it does seem like madness now I think about it. But don't worry, if you are a sober, awkward regular listener, it's likely that you're already sober or you're thinking about it. So I think as part of this episode, we want to remind you of why you don't drink so that you don't get FOMO and fall off that wagon. Yep.
1: Yeah this FOMO creeps up on all of us you start thinking lots of negative thoughts which actually creates these pesky cravings that we spoke about last week convincing yourself that you'll be missing out if you don't go to the party is pretty much you giving yourself a green light to drink again and we don't want that
2: so what are some of those false and damaging thoughts that seep into your brain when you're feeling FOMO let's discuss each of these same everyone thinks I'm boring now big
1: one for anyone that's sober
2: we get that on copper a lot isn't it like I'm thinking about drinking again because I'm scared that all of my mates are going to think I'm the most boring people in
1: the world. And that one particularly comes up when your approach to staying sober is not going out well, all the danger is out there, so I'll just stay in and watch films and read yep, books. Yep. And then you're like, fuck, I am actually boring now. I was actually more fun when I was drinking. I might as well drink.
2: I think it's important to say too, Hamish, that to, I think at the beginning of your sobriety, your mates will find it hard. Mm-hmm. And that's just something that is that is going to test your sobriety and it's something that you've got to battle through. Yep. Because you will lose a few mates, especially your big boozy mates. They will think you're boring.
1: It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement program and is perfect for the ADHD brain.
2: And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast boring now Mm -hmm. there's no two ways about that is there but that's up to you whether you choose to let them have their time where they think you're boring and you just back off for a little bit or whether you continue the relationship and start drinking again Mm -hmm. and i think of course the best thing to do is just back off a little bit but still keep doing the things that you do but maybe meet them for breakfast instead of dinner like Mm -hmm. little changes that are going to keep those relationships going because you don't want to lose all those mates Of course.
1: yeah or just make it your life ambition to prove that sober is not boring like exactly we are.
2: yeah true the one we hear a lot as well is why can they do it and i can't <laughs> so why can everyone go out why can everyone still drink and the real reason is is because you have a drink problem and they don't yeah or they do and they're not willing to look at it so either way you've got to self-reflect on why you're thinking that you can't do it because you've tried and you failed and it makes you ill and makes you have anxiety and once you start you can't stop and therefore you have an
1: issue everyone's different I guess everyone's different it's, it's you can't just go well everyone can do it and i can't so i'm broken Well, every human is different. You can do lots of things that someone else can't do. It's too simplified.
2: Yeah, but I feel the sentiment in that. Like sometimes, especially away in a holiday and, you know, in various situations, you think, God, this is hard. Like everybody else can just drink and it's so much easier to do. Why don't I just continue doing that and forget that I ever had a problem Mm -hmm. with it and
1: just go back
2: in because that's the easier thing to do.
1: What helps me with that thought process is to, and I kind of find myself doing this a lot, is to think of alcohol as a drug. Yeah. So you go, I've got friends that can do cocaine two, three times a week and they get up the next day and they're still very efficient and have good jobs and are yeah. good people. Yeah. I can't do that. No. Some people can do it with alcohol. Mm. You maybe can't. Like, mm. For some reason, labelling it a drug makes that whole argument make more sense to me
2: yeah and actually looking at the seriousness of it and why you need it like why do i need to top myself up and why do i need a drug to make my life better yeah and simplify it is a drug it is a Mm -hmm. class A and why are you questioning it why do you feel like you're missing out on something that's really bad for you so it comes into that other statement which is it's not fair it's not fair that everyone can do this and what others are doing is better than what i'm doing it's just that feeling of missing out isn't it it's all these things are going into or my life will never be fun again or do i really want to miss out on this forever And that's the problem with sobriety. Of course, it has to be forever. Mm -hmm. So it feels very, very long and very, very monotonous sobriety can feel when you first start it. Because anything forever is a big deal, isn't it? Absolutely. And also you think, oh, my friends are all going to get closer and I'm missing out on friendships. And I'm going to lose my entire social life if I don't drink. They're all things that cross our minds. That
1: one I don't think applies. If you already know who your friends are. I'm not scared of my closest friends getting closer. You know, like, well, i yeah. at this stage of your life, I know who my close friends are, yeah. whether I drink or not. I'm not worried about sort of getting closer or less close. Does that make sense? I kind of, feel, I, I would only feel worried about that if I'm trying to make a new friend.
2: Okay, yeah. Like, your bonds you...
1: are deep by this stage with your best mates. You know who they yes, are. Yes,
2: I think you're right. I think maybe we're talking about maybe early sobriety and And friends, perhaps, that aren't as close as you thought. Yeah. Well, this will show you who your friends are, for sure. Oh, for sure. And sobriety does test those friendships. And really, what all this is about is you, if someone does leave you, it's about knowing yourself well enough to to not react to their opinion of you. (laughs) To go, well, they're boring now. Well, you can think what you like, mate. I'm not boring. I'm just doing something that's really good and healthy for me. True. And if you've got a problem with that, well, maybe we shouldn't be mates anymore. So it really does sieve the... um, what can we say this here? Yes, yeah. okay, here we go. It will sieve the um,
1: the pearls cast amongst swine. Oh, nice. Mm. Okay, yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, there's a lot of dull people that drink. I think this idea that yeah. drinking is makes you fun and sober makes you boring. Yes, think about some of the shit people that drink. Yeah. And you know what? Some of the shit people that are sober. There is fun people that do both.
2: I know someone who goes to the same pub every night, sits on the same spot and has 16 pints. (laughs) What? Yep.
1: 16?
2: 16 pints every single night. Now, to me, that is boring. What is more boring than that? Going to the same pub, sitting on the same chair, them handing you your metal tanker. I mean, that's what can happen. That's mm. what can happen. If you don't address a drink problem, you can end up being that person. If you fear of missing out and you end up going to the same pub because you don't want to miss that night out, you can end up sitting on a bar stool on your own drinking yeah. 16 pints a night. That's the reality of it. That's insane. How are they alive?
0: That's a lot oh, of things. I think they're not
1: well, quite honestly.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, on it goes. A negative thought spiral about how missing out will ruin
1: your life. We've both discovered that that's not the case at all. And what we thought we were missing out on is actually just self-care. FOMO is just your brain tricking you back into drinking and giving you excuses to do so.
2: Yep, clever, really. And dangerous It all ends up in a craving And we all know where that can lead Peckham High Street at
1: 4am After organising a threesome on Tinder With a couple called Stephen and Janet
2: Oh yes, you know Stephen and Janet as well a lo- Lovely lady that, Janet She is, isn't she? Yeah, I had a limp for a week last time I went round there Oh, yeah. too much information Anyway, I had a thought home I think when I was a drinker I had FOMO of sober people okay. We're getting deep here Yeah Bear with me my sister was sober way before me and I saw how she stayed up and parted and did karaoke and laughed just as hard as I did, all without booze. I thought it was magical. Mm-hmm. And deep inside, below the layers of beer and bravado, I actually had FOMO about her being sober. Interesting. So I felt like I was missing out on what she was experiencing. I reckon it gave me a little insight before I even considered not drinking. I wanted to be part of that. She was fully living in the moment without any top-ups and it was quite inspiring. I never considered doing it at the time because I was like so in my drinking that mm. I just thought, well, there's no way I could ever admit a Million years achieve what she does but i did think well that's magical how is she mm-hmm. doing that that is really an incredible thing to, to live life
1: without the top ups she is pretty good in the light out your your sister she's yeah. the life and soul she's done it for years i guess so yeah she's yeah. well practiced
2: and actually i spoke to her this morning she said she was feeling a bit wobbly and hadn't been to an aa meeting for a while mm-hmm. and she went to one at the weekend and felt much much better afterwards
1: i reckon you're the first person to ever voice a drinker having phobia of someone sober i've never yeah. heard anyone say that that way around
2: and well actually this an interesting story i went to an aa meeting with her mm-hmm. 25 years ago yeah i've written about it in my book about that experience and i sort of fobbed it off because i it made me feel extremely defensive when i was sat in the i was sat in the audience and i the reason why is because I could resonate with everything everybody was saying. Right. And I was still in my big drinking phase. Now, I was like, it was almost like, don't slag off my mate yes yes i was like hey don't tell me that drinking shit this is what i do all the time they were like it was like saying your identity what you like is bad for you yes and i was like what are are these people going on about so i was just really pushing i was like oh that was a load of shit and it's just a load of bible bashes in there (laughs) and was kind of really negative about it but actually looking back the reason i was so defensive was because i was one of them
1: see that is what i've always afraid people that still drink that listen to this podcast will feel yeah, I've, I think m- almost none of my friends listen to the podcast, I think, because no one's ever written to me and said, oh, I like that bit on that episode. Maybe yeah. they just think it's shit. Yeah. But I think that they are afraid of feeling like we are guilt tripping them yes. in this podcast. Like, yeah. Drinkers are evil and you no. need to be sober, which is not the intention of the podcast. No, of the course. intention of the podcast is to like, encourage you to rethink it and to share our experiences. But it's very easy to listen to something like this if you are still drinking or go to an AA meeting when you are still drinking and feel attacked and feel like, oh, you're judging me and telling me that I'm doing everything wrong and you guys are doing everything right. Well,
2: it's the FOMO thing again. You don't want people telling you what you enjoy is bad. Yeah. That's what it is. It's as simple as that, isn't it? I don't want people telling me the one thing that I find joy joy in is not good for me. Oh, my bloody computer. (laughs) It keeps binging. Sorry, everybody. I'm getting so many important emails through, aren't I, Hamish?
1: You porn you porn red tube
2: <laughs> red
1: tube i don't even know i don't it's, want to know what that it's is another one okay so let's flip it all on its head so the listener when they get fomo it won't be about missing out on drinking it will be the understanding of what you're doing for yourself is the best possible choice this cancels fomo and we all live happily ever after with janet and steve guiding us
2: Oh yes janet and steve i love janet and steve <laughs> so how do you get rid of this fear of missing out any idea hamish No. No. Here's here's some tips, some top tits. We haven't done top titties for a while. We haven't done top titties in a long time. No, it's to bring back the top tits, I say. (laughs) So these are some ways that you can not have fear of missing out FOMO. Think about what
1: would really happen on a night out. Yes. Think beyond the first fifteen minutes. Yes. Focus on how far you've come in your sobriety so far. Think about I've done drinking. It's time for something new. Remember why you quit in the first place. Look at the faces of your precious children. No, that that can go either way. Yeah. Depending true. on the day, children <laughs> can be very alcohol inducing. <laughs> don't, don't look at the faces no. of your
0: precious children. Look at the
1: pretty faces of other people's children yeah. that look angelic whilst yours are ripping your house apart. Yeah. Your health, wealth and relationships. Does booze really help?
2: Yeah, and as we said, look beyond the event. What
1: wealth? What beyond
2: wealth? wealth. wealth. At yeah, at yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> The pile of cash that we're sitting on now. The mountain of gold. <laughs> Think about the following morning. Oh, that's always, always. nice yeah. to tap into that hangover When again.
2: are you ever going to have FOMO for a hangover? Yeah. Honestly, sitting, having a cup of tea and a steady heartbeat. Now, one thing that I noticed when I gave up drinking, I used to wake up. I would call it more coming to. OK, so I'd sort of pass out after drinking and then my wake up would look like this.
1: <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So it wasn't like a drifting in and out of sleep, slowly waking up. It was a, I'm awake. What have I done? Who did I offend? Mm. Did I sleep with someone? Why is my knickers on backwards? Like all that sort of thing. And it would be my heart beating really, really fast. And it was like a horrible, horrible way to wake up. So that's what I'm having fear of missing out of. That's what it is. Fear of missing out on that. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? So waking up now with a steady heartbeat every morning is one of the most satisfying things. And I think about Mm -hmm. it most mornings, like, sometimes, especially if you have a drinking dream, so you wake up in a drinking dream, it's like, oh, God, what have I done? What have I done? And then you come to a bit more and you're like, oh, no, that's a dream and everything's fine and I'm safe and I don't drink and it's okay.
1: I heard um, Matthew Walker, he's the sleep expert guy, talk talk a lot about, oh, well, I need a drink to fall asleep or when I drink, I sleep well. He goes... When you drink, that is not sleep. Alcohol is a sedative, so what you're doing, you've sedated yourself. Yes. So you don't sleep well and you wake up like you did, like in a weird panic just coming to rather than drifting into consciousness that you should have.
2: That sleep thing is huge, isn't it, with drinking? We've done an episode on that. Go and listen to that because if you're struggling with your sleep because of alcohol... Once you take it out of the equation, things will change massively.
1: Another helpful thought to tap back into is remembering your first day, how proud you were and all the work that you've achieved since then in staying sober.
2: Yep, so true. It's not
1: worth giving up. It mustn't. Yeah, exactly.
2: Imagine how disappointed you'd be if you quit now just because of a false fear, a fear of missing out on nothing. Doing
1: anything for FOMO is pretty shit, isn't it? Are yeah. There are bigger reasons to do things than FOMO.
2: But I would say it's the biggest cause of relapse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, don't but you? But it's
1: fickle, you know like it's yeah. it's it shouldn't be. Because who is it for?
2: Yeah. Who are you, who's the FOMO for? It's not for you, it's for other people, it's you pleasing other people. Yeah. So FOMO is a form of people pleasing, really. It's an insecurity, isn't it? It's an insecurity, exactly.
1: Remember how good sober feels, particularly those mornings.
2: Yep. Yeah. look in the mirror and tell yourself the sober you is enough. I know that's quite cheesy, but it does dispel all of the other feelings if you do that, because the sober you is enough. You don't have to go dancing to be a fun person. You can, you know, play... Here we go, Play scrabble Play Scrabble, <laughs> Wordle, Boggle.
1: Yeah, Strike, Strike. Crosswords, stroke the
2: dog. Yeah,
0: rock and yeah. roll, <laughs> rock and roll, baby. Remember
1: that just by being sober, you're already part of a crew. You're in our crew. You're in our crew. So so crew, you're not missing out. You're just a rebel that has a tribe of other fierce warriors to back you up. So true. Do you ever look yourself in the mirror and go, "I'm a sober warrior"? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no <laughs> do I? <laughs> I'm a sober warrior. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Most importantly, just know that you are enough without booze and not going to a night out at Utopia nightclub with a bunch of mates won't kill you. It will actually just make you stronger in your sober life. So what we've discovered really, Hame, is that FOMO is actually just a false belief. What you think you're missing out on doesn't or never really existed. All us ex-boozers know our nights out went down the lav pretty quickly along with Nan's old bottle of port. And that the night we fantasise about looking glam and swanning around in a sequin dress, that's for me, Hamish. No, me too. Oh yeah, you like a sequin dress as well, don't you? That doesn't ever happen. So in very simple form, we have a fear of missing out of something that has
1: never even been real. Exactly. It's our silly little brains punishing us for boozing for such a long time that we associate with being the only way we can have fun. Therefore, if we're not doing it, we're missing out. It's really just a huge waste of time.
2: Yep, it sure is, Hamish. You're feeling sad about a future that hasn't happened. Yes, it does sound a bit confusing, like an episode of Doctor Who. But what we're saying is don't waste time on FOMO. Live in the now and know that by being sober and staying sober, you're making the right choice for you and for your beautiful, perfect, imperfect body. Although yours looks a bit bumpy, Hamish. I imagine
1: sleeping with you would be like sleeping with a bag of rocks. Yeah, you'd have to ask Steve about that. He knows about my, my body like no one else.
2: Oh, yes, yeah, Steve. Yeah. yeah, he knows all your curves. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but also, I guess what, what is important to say at this stage of the episode is that we're talking about, here about FOMO, so about you not going out when all your friends are going out. That's basically yeah. what FOMO is, right? Yeah. Which you might do in the early stages of your sobriety. Hopefully, you will get to the stage where you can go out Every time your friends go out, you just can go out without drinking so you know that is effectively you conquering your sobriety to the point where you shouldn't experience FOMO at all because you can you can go yeah you
2: can go and that does take you know takes practice we talked about it many episodes before like feel the awkward and do it anyway that is Mm -hmm. what the whole podcast is based on is learning to get over FOMO and go out when you want to and make your own choices and have boundaries and have self-respect to the point where you don't have to go and you can say no and you have a don't have a fear of missing out because there's nothing to miss out on because you're feeling so good inside your self already yeah.
1: yeah so really FOMO is probably something that you feel in the early stages of your sobriety I would more say than, so. more than later on
2: yeah I mean I still get it sometimes yeah. occasionally I might feel like oh, everyone's been out on a massive night out I miss that feeling that early on feeling in the night that excitement mm-hmm. I do feel like I miss out on that but everything else in my sobriety is so good that it outweighs that sure. feeling yeah so it's just a moment again like the cravings it's just a momentary fleeting feeling of like well, I remember that I used to do that and that was quite fun for the moment, mm-hmm. but I know I can't do it.
1: OK, a couple of quotes. Go on then, you do the first one. FOMO is the enemy of valuing your own time. That's Andrew Yang, the brother of Billy Ying. I don't know Andrew Yang or Billy Ying, but I like the joke. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I made
2: up the Billy Ying bit. I know the author Catherine Gray mentions JOMO in her book, The Joy of Being Sober. So maybe try to replace the FOMO with JOMO, the joy of missing out. Remember what you're gaining from sobriety, all the good things, and don't worry about your old life and what you used to enjoy. Time for the new. Here is the definition of JOMO. You're going to love this, everybody. It made me feel relaxed actually even reading it for the first time. A feeling of contentment with one's own pursuits and activities, staying in and disconnecting as a form of self-care, without concern or worry over what others may be doing
1: okay I yeah get it. I get it's lovely it. isn't it staying in is not missing out staying in is looking after you. yourself yeah, yeah.
2: self care okay. so FOMO is putting the almost putting the care somewhere else mm-hmm. instead of bringing it home to who you are it's lovely isn't it that is nice ah <sighs>
1: I've got an email I want to share with you.
2: Before we go, have we got... So you've still got Janet's number?
1: I've got her OnlyFans.
2: Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. I might organise a Zoom with them <laughs> yeah. later.
1: So I've got an email here from Sharice, who's got a little story for us. OK, great. You can email us as well, Hamish at gmail. Dot... Nope. No. What is it? Vic and Hamish at soberawkward.com. So Sharice has said, Hi, I love, love, love your podcast. Thank you so much. Thought we'd enjoy this funny story from the eve of my first sober birthday, which was New Year's Eve. I got myself a fancy non-alcoholic champagne for my family's New Year's Eve party at my house. All the elders were here. I like that, the yes, elders. Yeah. The elders were here, aunts and uncles, mum and cousins, mostly over 70. My husband and I and our twins were asleep by eight. We had alcoholic champagne flowing too and I was pouring drinks for everyone in prep to count down for midnight and I mixed up all the glasses and took a sip of real champagne. Oh, right. I spat it out like a spit taken in a movie and my husband and I could not stop laughing. That's how I rang in one year. That's a 60-minute bootcamp... <laughs> workout which is what i did on day one i was and am so proud of myself my husband got me a nice necklace as a gift and i expect jewelry gifts every year from now on oh
2: yeah good on that can't
1: tell it. Can't tell you how much your podcast means to me and others keep going i'm so thankful sharice
2: yeah a lot of people feel terrible when they do that accidental sip i've done
1: it You've i've done, done it.
2: it yeah i didn't feel terrible i just felt like oh shit that's a, a human mistake that everybody's yeah. probably going to make once in their sobriety don't worry about it just don't do it again mm. what are you doing now hamish
1: have I told you I'm sort of treating Liz? She got bitten by a spider, which is the oh, most yeah. Australian everyone in England's like, "You yeah, what? She got bitten by a spider. It's like so other it than getting it was, bitten wait wait. wait, by, wait. Go so on. W-
2: was it whitetail? Was it yeah, that one? It's a it was. Okay, right.
1: It's the most Australian thing other than getting bitten by a crocodile or a shark. Yeah. But it looked initially like someone had like stubbed a cigarette out on her leg. Right. It was that size. And now it's probably the size of like a 50p coin. Oh it's my God. big. It is red. It is very infected. She's getting injections in her bum every day. You're joking. She's on meds. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. She was bed bound for a week. Now she feels okay. I didn't, you looks... didn't even tell
2: me this when you arrived. Yeah. Well, this is big news. I know. Oh,
1: shit. I said I'm treating her. She's a worry. I can't do much. But... You're just putting cigarette butts
2: out on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make her feel
1: better. Make <laughs> her feel pain somewhere else yeah. <laughs> so yeah i'm trying to to take care of her but yeah oh, it's, it's pretty Liz. aussie thing that's going on in our lives at the moment i
2: have seen actually someone have one of those white tail bites before it's pretty horrible it gets infected and yeah. spreads doesn't it i oh, know
1: gosh she googled I'm... it first thing yeah, that bad comes idea up idea to google woman it gets a leg amputated after bite
2: oh no <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah don't ever Google anything like uh-huh. that I had a mate in Sydney who got bitten by a funnel web and they called the priest in to say goodbye to him and everything yeah it's crazy here everybody well funnily enough should have called the doctor why well, call the priest yeah, <laughs> yeah he died <laughs> yeah, he died yeah no he didn't people always say to me oh yeah but they don't really have very many great white sharks here do they in Australia I'm like no they do because my neighbour Joe who lives opposite yeah. was the great white shark victim down in Byron Bay last oh, yeah. year nearly had his arm bitten off he
1: has one arm now doesn't
2: he no he had sewn back on he's good he's surfing hey. again yeah but I was watching the news and there was a picture of a guy in an ambulance I was like that's my fucking next door neighbour that is
1: mad that's how close yeah I've got yeah. a friend of a friend who got bitten by a shark here as well yeah it but does I kind happen of, I feel like Aussies think that Brits are way too scared of sharks yeah <laughs> No. And I think what it is, I do have a theory for this, is that they don't want Brits coming here. Yes. So they spread the rumour. Yes. That sharks everywhere, you'll get bitten if you come here, so piss off back to Southend. Yeah. yeah. There
2: they're, are loads of sharks here, they're, they're everywhere. There. Yeah. We try and avoid them. I don't go out of my depth here. Do you not? No.
1: Mm. no. I, I do, but I'm kind of brave like that.
2: How, how does it feel? Shit yourself? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want
1: to be anywhere near me when I take my wetsuit off, because yeah, yeah. Some, of some of it wafts around in there.
2: Oh, right. so you actually shit yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, how lovely we'll end on that note. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, I think. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support.
1: Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Fix has got one.
2: Yeah, just head to
1: www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support.
2: Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it, and share it with your mates. Do
1: they have to share it with their
2: mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. I have to they share it?